Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And guys, as you know now, we are not experts, and we are just learning as we go. That's right. talking about stuff. Yeah, talking about stuff that's interesting to us or important to us or that we think maybe would be important to you guys. And hopefully we learn a thing or two, you learn a thing or two. We're all just learning. Yeah. Learning and growing. Yeah. Um, so today we are going to be talking about birth control. control. Um, it's a personal journey for a lot of women. Mm-hmm. It's been a journey for us, I mm-hmm. know, positively, negatively, in all the ways. So we kind of just wanted to do like a brief overview. Not a brief overview. Who am I kidding? Like, this is going to be a long episode. So buckle in. All I right. Think. <laughs> Um, so why don't we get started talking about a little bit of the history of birth yeah, control? Yeah, I go all the way back to Mesopotamia and ancient Egypt. I got ancient China in here, too. Okay, <laughs> sweet. I think it's pretty similar. Mesopotamia and ancient Egypt use honey, acacia leaves, and lint to be placed in the vagina to block sperm. I have in here that ancient Egypt used a mix of honey, sodium mm-hmm. carbonate, and crocodile dung. Love it. Isn't that... Gross. Let me stick some crocodile shit yeah. up your vagina. That sounds it, great. I got this information from a Time video, yeah. and the way that they said it was like, they mixed it into a paste, and then they inserted it into themselves before having sex. And I was like, that is the least sexy thing I've ever heard. <laughs> have you ever used um, that like film that you can get that you have to like put in yourself before? No. It's like a little patch almost. No. And it kills <laughs> It it's like a spermicide? Like yeah. Oh, God. I used it um, when Chris and I first started dating. We would use that. I feel like it would be uncomfortable. Was it uncomfortable? No, it's it it dissolves. Oh, okay, okay. Uh. It's, it's like a film. It's very thin, and then you just kind of, like, get it in there, and it just blocks. Like, you don't feel it. It, like, it, it dissolves, like a... and it just blocks any spermicides from getting in. Is it like a dam? Like, one of those, like, dental dams no, or whatever? No, and I don't remember what it's called. I'll, hmm. I'll Google it at some point during the episode and make a callback. It's, it's weird. So, um, in, in ancient China, yes. what I found was that concubines would drink a combination of lead and mercury... <laughs> Which is like, what? That'll kill you. The fuck? Yeah. And the side effects included sterility, brain damage, <laughs> kidney failure, and death. But at least you're not pregnant. But at least you didn't have no babies. The book of Genesis references withdrawal or coitus interruptus as a method of contraception when Onan spills his seed or ejaculates on the ground so as to not father a child with his deceased brother's wife, Tamar. And I've read about coitus interruptus quite a few times in reading about the history, which is just basically the history of pulling out. Oh, guys. Okay, we're going to talk about the effectiveness (laughs) of different types of birth control, and that is a type of birth control. It's actually listed on Planned Parenthood's website. Yeah. But it's just not the most effective. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't tell me not to do it. (laughs) I I mean, okay, do it, but I also do other things. Anyway. We'll talk about it further. We'll talk about it further. Yeah. So the next thing, I go to 3000 BC. It says, uh, this is the way I wrote it. I wrote, condoms made from fucking fish bladders. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Linen sheaths 
in animal intestines. Yum. Yeah, I, I'd heard that about like animal intestines. Yeah, I said that to Chris. I was like, did you know that condoms could be made with fish bladders? He's like, yeah, I think I knew that actually. I was like, what yeah, the fuck? I think I knew that too. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Um, and it was used for a really fucking long time. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Get it wrapped up. Yep. Make sure everything's secure. I mean, it's great that, like, people had, like, the know-how where they were like, okay, we got to figure something out because our population is just, like, Out of control. Yeah. Yeah. And I I saw that, too, that there's actually a um, cave painting where they think that there's a condom on it. I love that. What? Yeah. That's so cool. Um, But, I mean, yeah. I mean, this has been... I think that that's part of why we wanted to do this episode as well is that... This is not a new thing. It's not. It's crazy that we still have these kinds of insane debates about birth yeah. control because it's literally been something that women have been doing forever. Yeah. Like especially women have. Yeah. You know, the responsibility has mainly been on women, and all of the negative side effects in general have mainly been exactly um, on women. I have ancient Greece here when a gynecologist suggested that women hold their breath during intercourse. And I put in, Let's I try put in parentheses, wet. <laughs> wet? And sneeze afterwards. It's like, how quick? <laughs> first of all, first of all, this. let's unpack this. First thing, how fast are they having sex it's if you're able to hold your breath? Fucking fast. That's not fun. No, I don't think thing. it's for pleasure at that point. No. And then... But if it's not for pleasure, then why are you trying not to get pregnant? You know what I mean? That's like, true. That's true. And then sneeze afterwards. How do you make like, yourself sneeze? Like, okay, I gotta stare at a light. I gotta... Yeah, like pepper. Just yeah. throw some pepper in your face. <laughs> when, when he comes, he just throws pepper on him. I know. He's just like, there you go. <laughs> Breathe in. You know? But that was a gynecologist. I mean, granted, it's ancient Greece, but like... Yeah. They were pretty smart. What's up? I mean, you gotta try everything, Keegan. You never know. This was the weirdest one to me. Tell me about it. Because it makes no sense. So it makes sense that it took... It makes no sense. So it makes sense that it took place during the Middle Ages in Europe. Uh Because none of what they did made a lot of sense, I feel like. Yeah. In the Middle Ages in Europe... They would tie weasel testicles around their thighs or neck during sex <laughs> as a form of birth control. Like, they thought they couldn't get pregnant. It's, like, all just superstitious bullshit. Let's bring it back. I, uh, <laughs> what do weasel testicles look like, do you think? Very small. Small testicles? Huh. Let's Google it. Let's see. All right. We're putting this in the Instagram weasel photos. testicles. Oh, and when I put in weasel testicles, it said contraception right below it. So what? Oh, they're they're tiny. Well, they, at least they wouldn't get in the way then, I guess. They're teeny tiny. Okay, so this is basically what it looks like. It looks like twine, like a sort of like twine jewelry type made thing. With I mean, the it little doesn't look balls that bad. Hanging off of you it. Know, like this looks like it's probably like not real weasel testicles. I like how they show this fucking weasel just splayed out here. That's, <laughs> that's just wrong. That, those are big testicles for such a small animal, I feel, I feel like, like. Oh, damn, look at that. Those are huge. Those are ginormous Those are nuts, bigger dude. than my, my cat's testicles were before they got them chopped up. Nope. <laughs> no, we're not going there, Madigan. We're not going there. Oh, man. <laughs> that's bonkers, but I think we should bring it back because it sounds like it would really work. Yeah, I mean, science says... Science says weasel testicles around your neck. Can you imagine having a guy wearing weasel testicles around his neck and being on top? Ooh, and they're, like, bouncing? No, no. (laughs) 
But you I mean, already had to deal with enough testicles. It would be no the, more. Yeah. Let's not add more to this equation. Yeah. But like women, women have to wear them, right? Isn't that what it what this it, is? It just said that they have to wear them. Did it say women have to? It does not. I mean, if the woman is on top, then men are dealing with testicles in their face. I mean, either way, testicles that's only and fair. Faces. That's, that's only, only fair, fair. I feel like. Okay, what do you have next? I go to fifteen hundred. Okay, so I saw that condoms made with the above materials, so like the fish bladders and oh, linen sheaths, animal intestines, were then dipped in spermicides and then dried before use. Okay, so they were kind of like getting with it a little bit where but, they were like we still don't have the materials we need but they were dipped in spermicides and I read somewhere what this what the chemicals were and I it's somewhere in my notes seems very unsafe it was super unsafe because they didn't uh, they didn't really have the the knowledge about what they were what spermicides they were using and I read it somewhere well, they also just I didn't know what they did especially like in the fi- like in the 1500s people did crazy insanely dangerous things right for just for like beauty purposes, so yeah, exactly. The length so that they, they would go to, they they found chemicals and created like it probably did kill sperm, but it probably also fucked a lot of other shit up. And they dipped these these condoms in them, which I mean, okay. honestly, the idea is smart. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot more sense than weasel testicles. Yes, exactly. You know, like that. Actually, I see the logic behind that. Yes, um, but I also feel like linen a linen condom would be. I feel like for both parties, very uncomfortable. It'd be very warm. Uh, but it's just right? like, I feel like it, like any kind of cloth material. Oh Wouldn't it bleed through? Yeah, Couldn't first of all, that. But maybe if it's dipped in sperm, maybe that's why they dip it in But sperm. before it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know. But it, there I were think also fish bladders and um, that seems, animal intestines. That seems more like a like a more fail-proof method. Right. You know? But you know what? If you didn't have access to those things, just use some linen, Just guys. wrap it up with some linen. Did you <laughs> and ever, then, did they just tie it with twine? I mean, I guess. Did you ever hear about, like, I don't know if it's an urban legend or if people actually did this. If you know someone who actually did this, please let us know because I'm insanely curious. Tell me. But people used to talk all the time about, like, um, using plastic bags. Like, they were like, oh, mm-hmm. we didn't have condoms, so we just used, like, a Walmart bag or whatever. Yeah, I've heard that before, but I don't know if it was a joke or if it was something serious. I don't even understand how that... I, I mean, feel like really dumb teenagers, and I'm sorry if you've done this and I'm calling you dumb, but I feel like it would be something that, like, really dumb teenagers... We're not saying you're dumb now, but maybe no. you were at the time. Yeah, exactly, where they were like, oh, well, I guess, like, we're not going to go out and buy condoms. Like, I guess this is going to do something. Yeah, that's that's where I would... That's it where would I heard it. It would very like, uncomfortable and loud. It would be uncomfortable. It would be loud. <laughs> yeah. Nothing sexy about that. No. And also just not safe. Just don't do it. Don't just don't do, do it. Oh, can you imagine doing like a Ziploc bag with those little like pointy ridges and those seams that they have? <laughs> no. Ow. Ow for everyone, I feel like. Just ow for the man. Yeah. Ow for the woman. Just don't just do it. Just not pleasant. Um, so... Just also, like, I just want to briefly say that we are two, you know, cisgender straight women talking yes. about this. So we are talking about it from that perspective uh, generally. Yeah. Um, we're not trying to leave anybody out. It's just, this is just... This is where our knowledge yeah. begins and ends. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, so the next thing I have on here is that, when was Casanova alive? I feel like that was 1700s, Don't probably. ask me this. Um, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. So, versions of, like, cervical caps, which cervical caps are, like, dental dams, right? Like I they, think so. They put them in there. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think the dams became popular 
sometime like they were well they were really popular in like the 40s and 50s yeah yeah but they have existed like versions of those have existed forever for centuries casanova describes using a partly squeezed lemon half as a cervical cap wow ow yeah like no i i have what the fuck ouch written in parentheses because that's so much acid like you are yeah. messing up your ph levels in your vagina yeah by shoving hardcore. that in there hardcore like don't do that <laughs> okay so what do you got next okay <laughs> so what i have next is 1838 they used vulcanized rubber that's what i have to diaphragms yeah okay there you so go. there was a mass production of vulcanized rubber in the 1800s which yep. allowed condoms to be mass produced yep so that's when we started seeing like marketed condoms yes basically yes and this is before the comstock act And the Comstock Act prohibited advertising, information, and distribution of birth control. So that was 1873. So they had, like, a good, not quite 40 years, 35 Mm -hmm. years or so. Yeah. And even, like, postal services could confiscate birth control if they knew it was in the mail. So it's really interesting how... um the, the way that this progressed, because birth control, obviously, as we just said, has existed in one form or another forever. Yeah. And in the 19th century and the early 20th century, women had more a- options, or people had more options for easy access birth control mm-hmm. than really ever before, but they couldn't get their hands on it because anti-obscenity laws prevented anyone, including doctors, from spreading information. Like, a doctor wasn't even allowed to spread information about birth control. That is such a backwards way of thinking. Yeah, very much so. Um, 1916, Margaret Sanger, who we've spoken about in past episodes, Mm -hmm. she opens the first birth control clinic in the United States. She was sentenced to jail for 30 days for maintaining a public nuisance, and she reopened her clinic upon release. Yes. Um... She was one of the first people to work on the first pill, right? along with other doctors. And then um, there's Catherine McCormick, who was a big um, supporter as far as donating a shit ton of money. Yeah, yeah. So Margaret Sanger, Catherine McCormick, and then like a team of really progressive doctors at yes. the time. Well, it was interesting that you say about progressive doctors. There was Dr. John Rock, who was actually a Roman Catholic Interesting. Yes, and he worked very closely with Planned Parenthood staff and reasoned the book The Time Has Come, A Catholic Doctor's Proposal to End the Battle Over Birth Control. Wow. Yeah, he argued... Because that's still a thing now. Very much, which is what is so fascinating to me. He argued that birth control would be used better than the rhythm method. Do you know what the rhythm method is? Yes, yes. Okay, so... Which I have the effectiveness of that listed below as well. Awesome. My mom's parents used the rhythm method. Mm Mm-hmm. And there how many was children baby, did they have? There was a baby every two years, except for there was a miscarriage, and then so my mom and her younger sister are four years apart. They have five children. They're all exactly two years apart. It's so easy for me to remember my That's like crazy. family's ages because it's literally exact, and then I know that my mom's little sister is four years younger and then they stopped yeah that's crazy yeah i mean and what's strange about that and we'll get into this later not strange but interesting to me is that the rhythm method actually if used correctly it can be effective at up to like 70 something percent very knowledgeable about you have to be very knowledgeable and you have to like map everything out very closely um they didn't have apps for this back in the 50s no 
I have that because of the anti-obscenity laws and not really having any information or education or access to birth control, many women would use household products such as Lysol or (gasps) Coca-Cola because they believed it would kill sperm. Lysol even advertised the product as a way for women to protect their married happiness, quote unquote. I put in parentheses, eye rolling forever. Like, eye rolling protect forever. your married happiness. Spray Lysol up your vag, yep. like, to keep you from getting pregnant. Like, I can only imagine the medical implications of that. Yes. Like, horrifying. 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 Like, and, like, the chemicals then, you spray it up, and then the chemicals are supposed to sit there. So when sperm is in know. there, it kills it? Or do you use it after? Oh. Like, if he comes in you, then you spray in there, and it's supposed to kill the sperm? Interesting. That's what I thought. How do you open yourself up wide enough for that? <laughs> I mean, it can get pretty wide. <laughs> I know, but, like, it just seems like a hassle, like, to have to, like... All of it's a hassle, but a baby is worse. True. <laughs> a baby's True. a bigger hassle. I just keep I just keep thinking in my head, you know, you can die, but you won't have a baby. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's exactly this right. This may kill you, but at least you won't get pregnant. Um, so I have, in 1960 is when the FDA finally approved the oral contraceptive pill. You know, so Margaret Sanger was petitioning for this, working on this, mm-hmm. to develop this pill forever. Forever. Well, do you know what made Catherine McCormick kind of, like, inspired to help her out? No, tell me. Her husband actually was diagnosed with schizophrenia, and she was concerned about it being, um... Why can't I think today about it being genetic? Uh, hereditary? Yeah. So she didn't want to have kids with her husband because she didn't want her kids to suffer yeah. the same thing that See, he did. So she was, I think she was already kind of in talk with Margaret Sanger and was like, something needs to be done about this. So she helped fund yeah, the research yeah. and everything of this pill. And you see, like, there are so many reasons that we should allow people, not just women, but families, couples, to have control over family planning because we don't understand the nuances. It's not, I feel like it's very much been framed. Birth control has very much been framed. Um, Oh, well, they just want birth control so they can go out and have as much promiscuous sex as they want and not have kids. And maybe that's the reason. And if that's the reason, that's That's fine. fine. That's your life. Yeah. But there are so many other reasons that people need birth control. Well, and then there was a lot of issues with population control. And also they a lot of people believe that having a smaller family and more resources was seen as a strategy to combat poverty. And um, it was created during the birth control pill was created during a time of eugenics movement and encouraged reproduction by particular individuals and discouraged reproduction right. by others. Which, and I wrote problems. Yeah, which we did talk about in our sec- uh, our first wave yes, feminist. Yes, that Margaret um, Sanger, while she did wonderful things, at I mean, times was a little flawed. racist. She's well, I mean, and her form of eugenics, like I can't remember what it was called, but it. It was not a race-focused form of eugenics. It was class, right? It was basically it was it was pretty classist, and I understand the where she was coming from, like the perspective on that. But when you get into trying to tell families like what they can or, or should or shouldn't be doing, yeah. Um, to me, that's a problem because you should have the freedom. Look, do I think it's wise? No, but you should have the freedom. It's one of those fundamental rights to plan whatever kind of family you want and have as many children as you want, really. As you choose to have, yeah. Yeah. You should have the choice either way. Yeah, agreed. I agree. So in 1960, the first oral contraceptive was approved by the FDA, and I guess there was a pill before 
Envoyed that was in the works, but Envoyed was the one that really took hit off. the ground running. Mm-hmm. And guess who took Envoyed? Mama Haggerty. Mama Haggerty. <laughs> and she has said for years and years, so she took it for a really long time. She took uh-huh. it for like 10 years. And she really believes that. And, and I was looking online and there's really no like stats that back this up but she thinks that in taking it as long as she did it made it harder for her to get pregnant because it took a long time for Mm -hmm. her to get pregnant and that's very well i think that's very well could happen Mm -hmm. because the first pill envoyed contained 10 times the needed hormones needed to prevent pregnancy wow do you want to know what's in it Yes. It contained 10,000 micrograms of progestin uh-huh. and 150 micrograms of estrogen. Today's lower dose pills are more likely to contain 50 to 150 micrograms of progestin and 20 to 50 micrograms of estrogen. Wow. That is a huge, from 10,000 to 50 to 150 wow. with progestin. And that 150 is... to 20 to 50 micrograms of estrogen. That is actually terrifying. It's horrible. I know we're going to get into like our experiences with with birth control, but with my experience, had I been on that pill, um I I could it could have killed me, honestly. Well, and it's interesting for me to think about because of all of the psychological issues that came along with it. Mm-hmm. Around the time I think that my mom started taking birth control, she was agoraphobic. Mm-hmm. And if you know my mom today, that is just... It's surprising. It's surprising. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, agoraphobia is a fear of basically the outside world. Mm-hmm. She couldn't leave her house. And, and now she's, so she's outgoing the now. opposite of that. If she's home for too long, she loses her mind. So I'm wondering if like, just with her body getting used to this amount of hormones, if that somehow affected her psyche. Absolutely. I mean, I absolutely think that it that's a yeah. major possibility. Well, and then at that time, too, because this was in the 70s, they didn't, there was no such thing as agoraphobia. So they were just like, you're depressed and put her in a psych ward for three weeks. And then wow. it was crazy. So she basically had to like get herself better. It's amazing. But I would love to talk to your mom about that story. Yeah. Because I bet that's fascinating. It's the coolest story. I, it's, I'm so proud of her for doing that by herself. But it's interesting to think about because I don't think she's ever put two and two together. But as I was reading, I was kind of like, fuck, like that's like the same time. Yeah. And I know for me, there's been certain birth control pills that I've taken. And I'll discuss this more later. I already have clinical depression that has just made it so much worse, mm-hmm. where it's like I feel like I'm walking in a dark cloud and mm-hmm. I can't see past. Yeah, that's the interesting you know? thing about birth control is that because of the level of hormones, you don't really know how your body is going to react. Yeah. And it's different from one person to the next based on your like body chemistry. Yep. You know, and so I definitely think that it could it could affect somebody's, like, mood or behavior or just cause an imbalance of chemicals. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and so I'm glad that we're doing this because we've been talking about birth control so far in a pretty, like, positive way. I think birth control is important. I think we need to have it. I think it's very important, though, for people to understand that while there are a lot of pros, there are also cons, and it might not, it might not work for you. It might not be an option, yep. you know? And we are going to get into that more. Chem- I mean, and when I say bit. that, and when I say that, I mean hormonal birth yes. control yes. methods. Um, so, thanks. So, mm, <laughs> I wrote in 1930, it was discovered that certain hormones prevented ovulation in rabbits. And that was one of the ways they first started kind of oh. like testing things. Okay. And then they were like, well, enough with these rabbits. We got to get some humans <laughs> to test this shit on. And I would not want to be. Well, that's the thing. People in the U.S. were like, no, I'm not feeling it. And even last night, because I was learning about 
male birth control. Right, yeah. And Chris was like, I would not take that until I know for sure that nothing bad is going to happen to me. And I was like, I agree. Like, that's smart. I understand that. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, like, human trials are necessary. Like, we have to have people willing to, like, submit themselves for these studies. Um, And as with the male birth control pill that they were testing, one of the versions of it, they did stop that because they thought that it could potentially be dangerous. So if you... I'm not trying to discourage people from doing, you know, trials. If, if, but just be aware just of be the aware. possible... Yeah, yeah and but, but I think that, in these days, too, yeah. it's it's much... We're much more aware of those issues than back then because yeah. what they did back then... And doctors are more cautious now where they will stop. Yes. And shady as hell doctors decided to take this shit to Puerto Rico. Oh, no. Uh, many of the women were semi-literate or illiterate, which allowed oh, no. the researchers to test whether or not the pill could also be used by women around the world, regardless of their educational accomplishments. What? With that, I call bullshit. Yeah, that, I think what that's, the hell is that? I think that's bullshit. What they does were, that mean? It means that they're basically trying to see if both stupid and smart people can take it. So they're taking because you can't read and write that you're stupid. Okay, for, well, that's problematic, first of all. But secondly... Yes. Why does, would it... It doesn't matter. Exactly. So what I'm thinking is because they were either semi-literate or illiterate, they're like, okay, you don't know what's happening to you. They can take you, advantage so of them. So we can take advantage yeah. of you. That's kind of what yeah, I'm... Yeah, because that doesn't even make sense. Like, it just seems like they were trying yes. to justify what they were doing. And at this time, there was no consent form signed or anything but people are also claiming that at that time that wasn't a very common practice so there's kind of like a little bit of a gray gray area area there Um, sketchy though yes in the late 50s and early 60s however having subjects sign informed consent documents to participate in clinical trials were not common procedure They had a lot of serious risks, such as heart attack and stroke. One woman died of congestive heart failure, and another developed a pulmonary tuberculosis. Blood clots were super common, um, and these ailments would really go unnoticed because doctors were kind of focusing on the lower part of the body. They were looking at, like, the liver Mm -hmm. and bladder and, like, all of that kind of stuff, so they weren't really aware. They weren't looking at your heart and... Um, other and parts blood of the body. Blood clots can be super dangerous. And it's still an issue mm-hmm. with birth control, mm-hmm. blood clots. And um, so a lot of these ailments would go unnoticed and they would end up with serious diseases or well, death. Well, that's so sad. Yeah, it's really sad. And it moved to the U.S. quite quickly because by 1965, one out of every four married women in America under 45 used the pill. Mm -hmm. By 97, nearly 13 million women in the world were using it. And by 84, that number would reach 50 to 80 million. Yeah, and I have that in the U.S., 99% of women of childbearing age say that they've used some form of contraception. Yeah. Um, What's the other 1%? Because some form of contraception also means condoms. So there's a 1% of people who don't use anything, I'm guessing that must be, like, fundamentalists, you know? Yeah. Like, people who, like, are highly religious. Yeah. I also saw that a 2013 report found that 220 million women in developing countries stated that they wanted to use birth control but simply did not have access to it. Yes. So, I mean, that's definitely still an issue where uh, the stigma of birth control is being changed. I remember in high school, I had a friend who went on birth control because she had really bad periods, and uh-huh. she... I feel like she felt very, like, 
Like, she really needed to, to say that that's why. Right. You know? You yeah, she's not like, people... I'm not a slut. I'm not, like, going Yeah, yeah, around. exactly. There's still so much stigma around it. But I it. feel like in developing countries, it's not only stigma. It's also just, like, lack of reliable access to healthcare in general. Yeah. But yeah. in those countries where women want to have access to reliable birth control, not a eugenic situation where it's just, like, you're too poor to have kids. But it's, like, if you are trying to plan your family and that is is going into it, like, your finance situation or just your life. It's just not conducive to your life. And you don't have access to reliable forms of birth control. That is so upsetting. That's when these other methods come into play. Yeah, really dangerous methods. methods. You know, that's, you know, when coat hanger abortions and things start coming into play later down the line. Whenever women desperately need to have control over their bodies and over, like, what, what happens to their bodies. Have you ever heard of, I'm going to say this wrong, USPAY? USPAY? No. Y-U-Z-P-E. It's a regimen for emergency con- contraception. I copy and pasted this, so bear with me. It says, the USPAY method is when a woman uses everyday birth control pills as emergency contraception. By, by combining pills in a specific order, the estrogen and progestin in these pills work to prevent an unplanned pregnancy before it starts. This method is most effective when used within 72 hours of having unprotected sex. Okay, it sounds, so like, this, it sounds like the morning after pill. It's plan B, but... Plan B really wasn't a thing until the 90s. This is the 80s. So this is like a, a DIY, DIY plan, plan B. B. But then I always wondered that because people would tell me, like, I'm doubling up on my birth control. And I would be like, okay, but one, do you know that that works? And then two, what do you do when you need yeah. that extra pill? Because <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. you need to take it every day. Exactly. And if you want to know more about it, look it up because it's really interesting. They show like lists of pills and like which combinations to take. That's crazy. See, I'm too paranoid to do something like that. I really feel like Same. that. Like I'm like, I don't fuck with my body in that way. Yeah. Like where I just feel like it would have really bad... I can see... 18, 19-year-old Madigan doing it. So, me too. Probably, <laughs> actually, no, probably not. I think I've actually gotten, like, more loosey-goosey about things as I've gotten older. No, it, I Am I like... a million years old? I just use the term loosey-goosey. But... <laughs> no, I was just pretty fucked up during that time, and I don't think I gave a shit. I about mean, I was... body? Like, what Yeah, happened? I was taking all different kinds of shit that I was probably just like, whatever, fuck it. Yeah, my body will deal with it. Yeah, pretty and much. And or the, not. That's fine. The human know? body is very resilient, you know? It is, but, you know, just... Don't don't do it. But I love that, you know, in 2013, Plan B becomes available without prescription on drugstore shelves. And I like that now it's not even like locked up in a box. You can oh, just yeah. Get it. Um, so we're going to get into some TMI territory here. Love but, it. Um, I needed to get a Plan B pill. So yep. he went and got it for me because I was Hero. really busy that day. <laughs> yeah. Men, listen. It's it's on you too. Like it's on mm-hmm. both of you. Like don't always put the responsibility on the woman to make yep. sure that that stuff gets done. I agree. So if he, you don't want a baby, you help it out. Yeah. So well, Anthony's really baby crazy, but I'm that's like, true. I'm not. So <laughs> please go get that for me. Yeah. Um. So he went and I was like, how was it? Because the last time I had to get one, I want to say it was in 2013, but it was like. It was still, I think, kind of like a ooh it was situation. In the big, big magnetic box that they had to break open. Yeah, and, and you had to like I think go to I, I went to like an actual pharmacy. I didn't go to like a not that CVS isn't an actual pharmacy, but I didn't go to a drugstore. Like I went to like a 
place that was like really? just a pharmacy to get it. And yeah, you didn't have to have a prescription, but it was still like this, like it felt very like shady. Yeah. Very like, you know, under the counter sort of weird. Yeah. And so I asked him, you know, I was like, was it like difficult or he was like, no, not at all. I just went up to the CVS counter was like, this is what I need. And it was this much and here it is, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was like that easy. Yeah. So I think that that's, I think that that's great. I think yeah, that that's super fantastic. important. I mean, you still have to be 18 years old, which I feel like if you're under 18, then then maybe there are a couple hoops you have to jump through. But I feel like it should be, unless it's unhealthy for them, I don't really know the medical um, reason why reason. you have to be 18. Yeah, but I, I don't either. Like, I feel well, like, maybe because your hormones are still... May, yeah, I like, mean, I'm sure that there's a reason, but I wish that, you know, for people who really needed it... I'm not an, sure there's a reason. There's an episode of Shameless where... Um, Debbie has already given birth to a baby and she had sex with this guy and she thought that they used a condom and then he said that that they didn't and she realizes that she's got like 10 hours to get this pill before 72 hours and she like asks this woman outside of the pharmacy to get the pill for her and the woman's like yeah sure and then she just like takes the money and leaves and she like ends up tackling this woman (laughs) I need the pill (laughs) It, was she under 18 in the yeah, show? Yeah, she's like 16 or something like that. And she already has a baby. She's like, look, I already have a kid. I can't afford another one. Like, understand, yeah. I fucking need this shit. Yeah, you have to, like, allow people the ability to make that kind of decision yeah, for themselves. Yeah, especially because... if you don't have, like, adults in your life that are going to be able to look out for you to get the pill or, like, that yeah. won't shame you. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, even though, like, my, I don't think my mom would have ever shamed me, I don't think I would have asked my mom asked my mom for it. I feel like I would have been very. I one hundred percent wouldn't have. I was over eighteen before I even had sex because of my upbringing. Yeah, which I'm not a, like I'm happy that kind of that it went down that way. You know, like I because I was more responsible. I feel like whenever yeah. I was that age, and I was, I was almost more, eighteen. I yeah. was like at the edge of eighteen, still yeah, seventeen, but. That's the thing is like people like to talk about like oh society's like deteriorating look at all these like teen pregnancies and stuff like that and it's like well teen pregnancies are the highest in places where you only have abstinence only education yep. uh, sex education it's like we need to start making these things available if you want less teen mothers single moms or people feeding off of the welfare system using yeah. like you know they're like oh they're always always asking for handouts and like. If you want less of that, then you need to provide easy access to birth control options for people, making it easy for them to plan their family or plan their life out. Yeah, because you can't just say to kids, don't have sex. They're going to. They always have. Yeah, they're going to. I mean, not every kid, obviously, but it's like... I just watched the movie Blockers last night. It's mm-hmm. really good. Surprisingly pretty woke, too. I was like, hell yeah. I love talking Elizabeth about, Banks. Yeah, and talking about the difference between, like... I don't think Elizabeth Banks was part of that, though. Oh, Leslie Mann. Leslie so Mann, yes. And um, they there's a whole argument with one of the moms and Leslie Mann, actually, because one of the moms is like... Would you be doing this if it was a bunch of guys? Like, I can't believe you as a woman would, like, try to be, you know, stopping your child from having sex. And she's, like, making up this bullshit so they can go find the address to where the kids will be, yada, yada, yada. But it was just, like, it was funny. Chris was like, shh, because I got being like, hell yeah, hell yeah, as they're, like, like, arguing. And he's like, honey, honey, shh. I know you're excited. Take it down or not. Take it down, take it down. Um, Yeah. But it was awesome. And then the girl at the end... John Cena plays her dad and they're like sitting on the bed together and he like came in and like threw the, her date up against the wall or whatever. And she's I saw just that in like, the trailer. <laughs> yeah, and she's just like, I don't understand why sex is bad. And he's just kind of like, well, it isn't. 
Yeah. You know, and it's like... I mean, here's the thing. For me, it was... Mine was religious-based, like, religion-based, like, the reason why I didn't have sex. Um, I actually had a purity ring (laughs) and everything. Like, I I had vowed to wait till marriage to have sex. And all of that, like, it was... It was important to me, and I don't... You went full Jonas Brother? I don't think that that's... There's anything wrong with that at all. Like, if that's the right path for you, that's the right path for you. Um, But but I do think you need to allow people to live, and and also you just need to allow for the fact that stuff's going to happen. Life is going to happen. Yeah, they can change their mind, Mm -hmm. or, you know... And they're going to... Like, there is a lot of teenagers who are going to do it anyway. Yes. Like, there is, there's just no, like, you can push, push, push as much as you want, but that doesn't stop a, a lot of teenagers from doing it anyway, and if they don't have access or education about birth control, that's how you end up with a lot of, you know, situations that you don't want to be in. Yeah, and I think that just, I mean, it just goes back to sex education so much. In the first episode of Mom, or one of the first episodes of the show Mom that I'm obsessed with, um, Alice and Janney asks um, Anna Ferris their characters she's like what did you tell her about oral sex as a workaround and she was like I failed my daughter (laughs) and I I was like that's so true like parents never really like my mom never told me about oral sex at all we 100% didn't have those conversations in my house at all because I wasn't going to have sex until marriage so that was just it wasn't a thing that was like yeah we did not talk about sex well and when I was given the sex talk, I was given the sex talk out of, like, a how to tell your Catholic child about sex. <laughs> and, I mean, my mom was still pretty open with me about things and, uh, you know, very candid. But also, there was still an air of, like, okay, how do I tell my child these things? Yeah, and of course. I mean, I get that because I'm a very awkward person and I imagine it's not the easiest it's a child like I think about it when I think about my little brothers and like I change their diapers I push them in strollers like when you see them when they're little and they're like babies and they're your babies and then having to like think about them as adults like growing up it's it's weird it's awkward it's hard well I also got the sex talk when I was six oh okay well there you go I had lots of questions I've always been very interested in sex I've always been very boy crazy Same, but I did not talk about it. Oh, no. I asked a million questions, and my mom was like, okay, if she's asking this many questions, it gets time. Um, And then as I was getting older, like, I could ask questions, and I knew she would be very candid with me. I just never even really—I didn't know about oral sex until I was, like— older in high school. I will say— Probably, like, my junior year. This is kind of embarrassing. I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah, this is kind of embarrassing— I, I knew that blowjobs were a thing, right? I did. I learned about because, blowjobs in like second grade. Yeah, and of I course. thought it and I thought it was like basically drinking pee. Ooh. I, I remember okay, my friend I didn't think that. I remember my friend telling me that Britney Spears gave Justin Timberlake blowjobs and I just pictured I cuz I knew all I knew about penises. I mean, I, my mom gave me the tuck, but I just pictured pee coming out of it. Right. And it basically just being like drinking pee. I knew about blowjobs um, because we live in a male-dominated culture where if you watch any teen movie, that comes up. But mm-hmm. what I did not know about, legit, until I was, like, 19, 18 or 19, was, like, going down on a girl. Really? I, I, I didn't know it was a thing. I really didn't, like, I at all. I didn't know what it entailed. I remember awkwardly trying with the guy that I lost my virginity to, my boyfriend, and neither of us knew what the fuck we were doing, so it was, like, a second, and then, like, no, we're not gonna do this. 
Because it was just like, nah, yeah, no. yeah. Well, I feel like it's very unfair. Again, yeah. I mean, again, like I said, I think it's because we live in a, a patriarchal society. But I do think it's very unfair when we talk about sex. It's so focused on the man. Yeah, like it's so focused on the man, and like it, what women want. I feel like has just recently come into like the dialogue. Yeah, you know, within within our adulthoods. Right. I feel what's like. interesting to me though is like after I broke up with my high school boyfriend, I dated this guy. Dated in quotes this guy during the summer and it was the first time that I was ever like given anything and, you know, this and is amazing. I was so greedy I didn't do shit for that kid until like the end of the summer and it was well, just all about me and I was like this is fantastic get yours. Get I did yours. Yeah. I, 18 year old Madigan knew what was get up your, well I mean because <laughs> it's like a whole new world it's like yeah. the, the doors to Narnia being open to us you know what I yes. mean it's just like oh my god this is this is a thing yeah. this is what we were missing out on like yeah. for all this time yeah anyway we kind of have wandered off of birth control I mean it all it, it all comes into the same play do you want to start talking a little bit about our own personal experiences with birth control? Well, I, just to kind of cap it on yeah. um, emergency contraception, because we, I have a list of, like, the forms of contraception. Go for it. So I'm not going to go through the whole list right now, but just to cap it off for emergency contraception, which is both hormonal and non-hormonal, what I got from the Planned Parenthood website is emergency contraception can be used up to five days after unprotected sex. It can come in... Five days? Well, hold on, because it can come in the form of a pill or copper IUD, which have varying degrees mm. of effectiveness. The pill can only be taken 72 hours yes. after. Um, emergent, this is what I wanted to state, because I feel like this is something that's confusing for people. Emergency contraception prevents pregnancy from occurring by preventing ovulation and thickening cervical mucus. But it does not cause an abortion. It is not an abortion pill. Yes. I feel like that is something that is pushed really hard. Yeah. That, like, if you get the pill, then it's an abortion pill. Well, do you remember what I told you the other day? How, because you had taken it and you started bleeding again, like you had your period. And I was like, when I was yeah, younger, <laughs> I was convinced that if you bled after taking the morning after pill, that that was a baby that you had killed. Well, I'm, I think that's a very common <laughs> thing that people think. Like, and yeah. we talked about that where I'm like, you're not the only one who's said that, you know, yeah. that's definitely... I don't even know where I got that, but that was just something in my head that I was like, oh, this makes sense. Well, it does make sense. And, you know, it, to our minds that are uneducated, it does absolutely make sense. Yeah. And it's... It was weird for me because that had never happened to me before. Like Were you I, bled again? Yeah. When I, really? When I've taken... Because it, it is oh, a it side effect. Oh, it with me. Yeah, it is a side effect, like a possibility. But it had never happened to me before, and I was so, like, pissed. Was it a full period? Or it, was it just a couple days? It... Well, usually mine only lasts between, like, three... Like, two days of, like, real bleeding and then, like, a couple of days. You suck. Sorry. <laughs> like, but, but... But, with that said... The first two days are yeah. horrifying. Right. Like, they're so bad. Not to period shame you, Keegan. <laughs> well, they're, they're so bad. Like, my, my first two days, I, I want to die. Yeah. But that's what I thought, too. I, I thought, like, because I had never bled before, you know, after taking it. You were like, what was in me? Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God. Um, I was super pissed, too, because I just had my period, of, like, a week and a half she earlier. She texted me immediately. Like, this she was is, like, what the fuck? This is absolute <laughs> bullshit. Um... But anyway, yeah, let's talk about our personal experiences. I think we're kind of on the on the verges there. My first form of birth control, as far as, like, contraception goes, was the pill. Why did you go on it? Because, what did I tell my mom that I wanted it for? I think it was because I did get cramps 
I don't know. I don't remember it giving like a real reason. I think it just old felt like time. I was 16, almost 17. No, I was 17, I mm-hmm. think. I don't know. It all gets jumbled up in my head. Yes, I was a senior in high school. And it was like toward the end of the year. And I think it was just kind of because I don't think my mom really asked me because I'd been with my high school boyfriend for a while. We broke up and then we got back together. And I think it was one of those things that my mom was just kind of like, okay, maybe there's something that like they're planning. Like she, she just wants to be safe mm-hmm. in case. And I think I did bring that up of like, you know, just in case something were to happen, I don't want to like make a mistake. And it's very cool of Liz. Yeah. Oh, my. Well, let me tell you the story. So I went on the pill and it made me really, really sick. Like, it made me incredibly sick. Like, What pill? Was it just, like, a low... I don't remember. I don't remember at all. I've been on so many different pills. And it made me throw up a lot. Couldn't keep anything down. I was throwing up almost every day. I would have, like, one day on, one day off. Three days on, one day off. It was insanity how Mm -hmm. much I was vomiting. So I lose my virginity. And the next day or two days later... I was in my mom's bed having, like, thrown up all day, and I wanted her to bring me back, like, some McDonald's french fries and a McFlurry, and she comes in, and I'm like, take it out of the room. That smell is too much. So I'm just fucking your throw hormones up. really badly. And my mom goes, what, are you pregnant? And that, I started crying immediately. Like, she was in another room when she said that, and I just curled up in her bed and started bawling, and I was like, Mom! I'm here. So she comes in and she's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm like, I had sex. And the first thing my mother asks me is, how was it? (laughs) Okay, but not the time. I know. I'm like, mom. And I'm like, what if I'm pregnant? She goes, she was like, did you use a condom? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, are you on the pill? Are you using it? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, then you're fine. You're not going to get pregnant. I'm like, okay. But that story just is, like, pivotal of our relationship. She, like, when I started dating Chris is when I kind of, like, drew the line with, like, you cannot ask me intimate questions about my sex life with the guys that I'm with anymore. Because she would ask very detailed questions. I don't want to have those (laughs) kinds of conversations with my mom. I really don't. Oh, I get drunk and I share everything with her. Like, she loves it. She's like, here's the more sangria, Madigan. Tell me about so-and-so. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, Not so great. But I mean, it's 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 great that you have that kind of like open relationship, with right? Your mom. But sometimes I have to like draw a line. I'm like, mom, boundaries. too much boundaries, too much. Um, and then after that, when I was 19, I tried the Nuva Ring, and that caused so many yeast infections. And also, they say that you can wear it while you're having sex. And you can most of the time. It seems very uncomfortable to me. It's not uncomfortable. You can't feel it. It sits around, like, you you push it up, and then it kind of sits around your cervix. Okay. So you can't feel it. But, like, maybe when I was having sex, it would start to kind of push out, because there were times that, like, it would be pulled out. The idea of anything... I'm very weird about... I know that I'm, like, weird about birth control, because, like, the idea of anything being in me for any, like amount of time really. I, I have that I with I have that with some things. Yeah. I don't like wearing tampons to bed because I don't like curling up in a ball and like I don't, yeah, I don't know, feeling it's weird. it. See, tampons are fine for me because I think it's because I know first of all I'm changing them out frequently and then I also know that it's it's temporary. It's a couple of days. You know, it's not it's not something that's in me all the time. I think if it was in me all the time, it's the same thing I feel about like in like breast implants. Yeah. Where I'm just like it's just the foreign. idea of a foreign body being in my 
body for any like extended period of time freaks me out. I feel the same way. I totally agree with you, but it was really it didn't make me sick. That's good. It just was it gave uncomfortable me during so many yeast infections. Oh god, no. And yeast no, infections are horrible. It really didn't affect with sex very much. It was just that it would come out every once in a while and I'd be like mm. um and then let's see. I got an IUD a couple years ago. I remember when you went on that. Was it a copper one or like It the... was Marina, which okay. is now having a ton of like issues. I remember you telling me when you first got it, it was super painful it was for the, the first most couple of days. Painful, and that's my friend's insertion process. My, ever. my other friend's experience was the same. It's like a few days. It's like I horrible. Move. Yeah, it was awful. But then you liked it after that. Didn't I liked you? it for a while, and then I like because I was cramping so badly after I got it. I wasn't really noticing that I was, like, kind of continuously cramped or thinking that, like, maybe it just took a while to go away. But I was cramping for, like, four months straight. And I was like, something is wrong. That's not an option. No. So I went back to Planned Parenthood where I got my birth control. I got it inserted. And they, like, looked in me and they were like, it is, like, sticking out of your (gasps) cervix. Oh, God. So, like, just the very tip of it was not in me all the way. So they took it out. Taking it out was not painful at all. You cough, they pull, whatever, it's done. And I was so, I just felt so defeated because I was like, I thought this was... your third form is tried. Yes, I was like, I thought this was going to be the thing to do it. You don't have to take a pill. It's so easy. I didn't have a period at all. Oh, the best. It was amazing. It's the best. Yes. And so I was like, just, I just felt so defeated. And I've just given up at this point. I think I want to, you know, once I can, like, afford better health insurance, go to a gynecologist and talk about maybe different forms of pills, because I have extreme period anxiety. When I see that it's a few days before my period, it's not just that my period causes my anxiety to be worse. I genuinely fear the entire process. No, I do too. I do too. I legit plan my life around... I have the app, the Planned Parenthood Spot On app, and I plan my life based on when my period is. God forbid we have like a meeting or I have to be out of town or I'm traveling. God forbid anything is happening because it is truly, I dread it with my entire being. Yeah. I, even when it's not bad, even when, because sometimes my period isn't as bad as it is. But you never know though. You never know. But the, the days leading up to it, is so anxiety provoking that I just can't. Horrible, me too. I can't bear it. Like even just thinking about it is making me nervous, and it's making me want to check my app and see how much longer. I, I was have. actually going to too because mine got totally thrown because yeah. of of that uh, morning after pill. That now I'm just like because I had it where I will look months ahead and be like, okay, I'm good. These are my important dates. I have yeah. a wedding this day. I have this this day. Like these are my important dates. I, I'm not. It's not interfering with any of those dates right now. Oh my god, I have five days left. Yeah, I'm terrified. See, this is like the countdown. It's like it's it's dreadful. It's, it's horrible. horrible, and yeah. I just need to figure something out so that I don't have this extreme anxiety. Over there it are anymore. options. Let me tell you. No, but I options. just need to. I just need to find it, and I'm so exhausted over trying to find what works. Out what well, works. But is that where you basically where you are right now? That's where I'm right now. Okay. I mean, I talked to my mom about this, where I was like, why can't. I just be like everybody else and just take something for well, this. And my mom did say that my dad's sister is unable to take birth control either. And here's the thing, though. There are so many options now. And yeah. I know how it can feel. I do. Like, how it's like... Because I have other, like, issues where I'm just like, why can't I just be like everybody else? Yeah. But 
it might be more common of a problem than you think it is, like that people have issues with birth, birth control. Um, oh, but I feel like it's like at every turn. It's like, it yeah. fucks with my depression. It fucks with my vagina. With, yeah. with Marina, with the IUD, my cervix is too small. You also might be more clocked into the fact that it's birth control that's doing those things. Because for me, in my experience, so I'll start from the beginning and then I'll I'll yes. get to that. But Let's like start from the very beginning. <laughs> the very good place to start. Um so when I first okay, I had very 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 bad periods when yep. I first started when I first got my period. They were debilitating. I couldn't um eat, I couldn't move, I threw up constantly. Yep. I passed out. It was horrible. I couldn't go to school. I literally was taking a day or two off of school every single month because my periods were so bad. So I went to a gynecologist and they were like, let's put you on birth control because I think it will regulate that. And I was like, I want to say 14 or 15. Yeah. And I said no, because I didn't want the hormones. I didn't want to, I knew that I was still developing and That's I... That's very smart of you <laughs> to, like, think that through. If a doctor told me something when I was little, I was like, sure. Well, I mean, I did talk it over with my mom, but I remember thinking that at the time where I was just like, I don't know, because I'm still, like, my hormones haven't leveled out yet. I'm right. still growing. So I was like, I don't want to be on birth control yet. And I yeah. wasn't having sex, so it wasn't a big deal, I thought. So I was like... It's cool. Can what are my other options? So they prescribed me like basically horse pill ibuprofens. They were like Blam. they were massive. Like they, I, I mean, I want to say that they were like an inch long and yeah. then like pretty thick. And um, I would take those during my period, which helped with the pain, but not with a lot of the other things. And it, it helped with the pain, but not a lot. And it also made me even more nauseous. So yeah. I would be throwing up all, even more than I was before. Yeah. And then I think I was like, so that went for a while where it was just really bad. Then I think I was like 19, actually, before I, it was not long before I moved here, where I was just like, okay, I have a steady boyfriend. <laughs> I'm from 1950. I was steady. Uh, we were going steady. So <laughs> Lucy Goosey, steady. Um, I'm we're all living. Over the place. I, I'm living in a just an alternate timeline. Um, so I I got it, and I got the regular like low estrogen, whatever that is, like the yeah. normal like combination pill. Yeah. And where it's a combination of estrogen and um, progesterone. progesterone. So I got that, and it seemed to be fine. Like, it was fine. I didn't notice any... I didn't gain a ton of weight. I knew a lot of people, like, a friend of mine went on the depot shot, gained a bunch of weight. Oh, I got boobs when I took birth control for the first time. I I went from being flat to a B cup, and I was like, this is what's up. I didn't really notice any real changes, but I... At the same time, it was right before I moved here when I got poverty skinny. So <laughs> I, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't really like equate it. I don't think it. I've always had acne, so I don't. I didn't notice a change. If it made it better or worse, I didn't notice anything. But then I went through that for a, a couple of years, and then I was like out of it, and I was off of my parents' insurance. So I was like, okay, I just won't be on it for a while. And then when I decided to go back on it, I went to Planned Parenthood. They made it very easy. They yep. put me I on. Love yeah, they put me on what I thought was the same thing. It was a combination pill, just like the generic version combination pill. Looked the same as what I had been taking. Yep. And I took that for a couple of years. And yeah, I yeah, you said like three years. Or yeah, something, it was right? like three years, and I noticed that my I I I tend to get migraines, but usually it's like a couple of times a year. And anyone who's listening who thinks that migraines are headaches. 
They are not nope. headaches. They are they're debilitating. You yep. can't you can't move, you can't do anything. I would literally have to go home, turn off all the lights, like and just lay. And yeah. and try and fall asleep because it's really the only way to get through it. Yep. And I noticed that my migraines got worse and they had changed. They were like, I was seeing things. I remember one time I got a migraine and I was at the theater with my theater company and I was supposed to be keeping track of like who was bringing what on and off. Like I was typing on, on a laptop. I couldn't, I couldn't words. Yeah. It was like dyslexia. I, I literally couldn't spell the word chair. I, yeah. I couldn't do it. The, the words looked like they were moving around. I was seeing spots. I was seeing colors. I was like, I don't know what what's happening. But I just chopped it up to like, okay, your migraines have changed. Yeah. And then when I went back to Planned Parenthood to get my refill, it was taking longer than normal. I was like, what's going on? And then they took me into a back room, which they never do. Have you seen that episode of Sex in the City where they take Samantha into the back room after getting her... Uh, after getting tested. I have, yeah, And yeah, she's yeah. like, don't take me back there. Yeah, because when they take you into a separate room, you're like, oh, no, like, something's happening. And so they, they took me into the back room. The doctor came out, and she was like, and I always mark that I get migraines on my sheets. So that's yeah. why I was kind of surprised it took three years, because she was like, you mark that you have migraines on here. And I was like, yes. And she was like, what are they like? And I explained them. And she was like, those are aura migraines, or our migraines give you the same symptoms as having a stroke, which is why you can't like you can't spell things, you can't see properly. Holy like I would go shit. like basically blind in one eye, Holy like shit. in my left eye. Like yeah, you can't see shit. And she was like, being on this combination birth control pill increases your risk of having a stroke or dying by like some crazy percentage. You're like cool, thanks. I've been on it for three years. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, like, and I was like twenty. 25 and they're like this increases your risk of having a stroke which is not yeah. something you think of and so they're like we're gonna put you on a progestin only i've heard pill. the progestin is fantastic it, it was great i'm gonna i need to go see because i'm now i have health insurance and they won't let me go to Planned parenthood anymore i need to find a gynecologist yeah. because i want to go back on progestin so bad and that is what i would suggest to you yeah i was talking to you and our friend ariel was also saying kind of the same thing you well, don't I... have a period there are no like yes. off day there are no off day pills that's what i want just i don't want a period until i want to have kids and then i'll get pregnant and then i there's won't have to deal with a period no, and then i'm going to go back yeah. on it there's no medical I'm reason done. for you to, to need to have a period I'm so fucking and it was, I was on that before I ran out and was not allowed to go back to Planned Parenthood and have been dragging my feet going to the gynecologist. I was on that um, for a couple of years and it was glorious. Like not having a period, not having that stress, like knowing that every day was going to be like A-okay, a -okay was The sun was amazing. shining, the birds were chirping. Yeah. And I didn't notice, and this won't be the case for everybody, but I didn't notice any negative side effects. I did gain weight, but... I think that was just from me eating, more, like living a healthier lifestyle. I don't think it yeah. was from from the pill, but yeah. I don't know. I did gain weight. Other than that, I didn't see really any yeah. negative side effects from it. So, huh. and we can kind of I, I gotta get on that. I have, if you want to know, like the differences. I do have yeah. that here. Doctor Keegan. Doctor Keegan. That sounds great. I wish I had the smarts to go to medical school. Maybe you'll get an honorary doctorate one day. <laughs> Maybe. Someone will just give it Please to you. Please do that. Can I do something great enough in my life that someone will give me an honorary doctorate? Let's do it. Um, New goals. I trust I will put PhD <laughs> on every email. <laughs> 
every email. <laughs> Keegan Winfield, PhD. So the difference in birth control pills, there's the combination pill, which is what we talked about, which almost killed me. Um, <laughs> combination pills contain synthetic man-made forms of hormones, estrogen and progesterone. Um, most pills in each cycle are active, which means they contain hormones. The remaining pills are inactive. They don't contain hor- uh, hormones. That's when you'll have your period. Progesterone-only pills uh, contain progestin without estrogen. This type of pill is also called mini pill. Progestin-only pills may be a good choice for women who can't take estrogen for health or other reasons, which I'm guessing is my situation. Um, and possibly mine as well. And possibly yours as well. With these progestin-only pills, all pills in the cycle are active. There are no inactive pills, so you may or may not have a period while on progestin-only pills. Side effects and risks. While birth control pills are safe for most women, they do come with some side effects and risks. Every woman reacts differently to the hormones in birth control pills. Some women have side effects such as decreased sex drive, nausea, bleeding between periods, and breast tenderness. It can also increase the risk, potentially, of blood clots, um, deep vein thrombosis, heart Mm. attacks, stroke pulmonary embolism. So these are all... You have to make sure that you're living a really healthy lifestyle otherwise. And for me, a big issue is that I've been on antidepressants since I was like nine or 10 years old. So I always have to make sure that like whatever pills I'm taking are okay with that. I mean, I need to change my antidepressant anyways. I mean, that's for another episode. But I have to always make sure that like my pills are working together. Yeah. Each other. When I knew we were doing this episode this morning, I was watching Nate and Jeremiah by design in my living room, and the um, there was a ad for some birth control method. I think it was like a an IUD of some kind, and they were talking about the risks. It and goes on for like ten minutes. Yeah, it was scary. It was like the risk of ectopic pregnancy. Yeah, is fucking scary to me. Which is yeah. basically like a pregnancy outside of the womb, right? Yeah, that is horrifying mm-hmm. to me like the idea that that could happen yeah um and then another side effect was like sterility which is uh, like also scary you know yeah. you could be barren from birth control so it's not something to go into I mean, super not, lightly yeah and it's not typical that's that sterility right. is common but i think in some of the newer forms of birth control it is something they're less well known they have to give you that information so you can be aware right yeah because i yeah. know yaz had a big problem with it like people yeah. because everyone was like yaz is amazing it like fixes your acne like yep. it's awesome but I then remember that craze a lot of people went on it and like had a lot of really terrible side effects yeah I got um well another I was put back on birth control for about two days like two years ago because I have ovarian cysts mm-hmm. and I was at Planned Parenthood and they were like when they took the marina out they were like use these pills because that can help reduce the size of your cysts and I took them for two days and I was getting sick again and I was like fuck this nope not doing it Mm -hmm. so luckily I was aware of the side effects yeah yeah and I think that that's important like don't be like me and just ignore your body giving you signs that like don't be like Keegan don't be like me period in in life (laughs) um should we talk about male birth control yes so okay so I will say this as a disclaimer. I was 100% one of those people who, when they did the trials and all that stuff was going around and they were like, 
manner too the, too wimpy too wimpy to fucking yeah. like stick it out with yeah. like this birth control trial because of like the negative side effects i was like fuck yeah. off we have so many negative side effects from yeah. taking birth control but there were but there, there were, were legitimate yeah. concerns and also i'm just this is my general apology to the men out there 70 something percent of the men in that study yep. wanted to keep doing it 75 percent of them. yeah it was the doctor who was like we are not sure that this is good we don't we're not sure what the side effects will be. 75% of those men, we applaud you for your dedication. Yeah, we appreciate you. So much. And I do believe actually men do want more options. They want to be able to like have more control over the family planning process as well. Definitely. And I didn't realize this because I was just like, what the fuck? Like our reproductive systems are so complicated. Yeah. Why can't men take a birth control pill? But I realized it's more difficult and nuanced than that because men produce so many sperm. Yes. And we only produce two eggs a month or something like that. Yeah. So it is more difficult to kind of like stop that production, that stop that process. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, I think that when that day comes that there can be male it's, birth control. It's coming. It is coming. It's going to be great. And, you know, like I said in the beginning of the episode, my boyfriend was like, I will take it once, like, a hundred other people or more have taken it and, and they're fine. Because there are concerns, again, of sterility. You don't know if that's going to, like, be a permanent thing that affects them. Just like when women's birth control was first right. becoming a thing. You know, we weren't aware of the side effects and long-term side effects that could come with it. Yeah. So it makes sense that people would be anxious about that and nervous to try it. I did see that they are trying to develop a couple of different options for male birth control. Yeah, I've seen pill and I've seen injection. There's also a gel... A daily gel that stops perm produ- Where do you put sperm it? production is the furthest along in development. So Where that's do you put it? coming up. Um, more than a decade in the making, this is from a Vox article, by the way, more than a decade in the making, the male birth control that's furthest along in clinical trials is a gel called Nestorone Testosterone. The gel contains testosterone and a progesterone which is meant to be applied to the arms and shoulders mm. every day, works to shut down the I'm going to butcher all of this. Um, the genodotropin hormones responsible for stimulating testosterone production in the testes. So you would apply it every day. I don't know why to those specific areas, but I do know I did have a, when I was trying to figure out natural ways to like get my periods to be better, a friend of mine suggested this progesterone cream that uh-huh. was supposed to be applied to like the inside of the wrists every day. So I don't know if that's yeah, like there's, a... Yeah, I bet there's certain veins that kind of reach different areas of the body. I mean, yeah, there's all sorts of interesting ways that our body is connected. So that is the one that's the furthest along right now. Um, I think that there are some risks when you lower the testosterone testosterone in the testes, testosterone levels in the blood also drop. That can lead to nasty side effects like low libido or problems with ejaculation. Mm. Can't see a lot of men really wanting to be opening them up to themselves to that. There's also a birth control pill that's about to enter phase two in clinical studies. So that's something to keep an eye on. And then the one that looked most promising to me and uh, men seem to get very nervous about the word vasectomy, but a non-surgical vasectomy looks promising in animal studies. So we know that a vasectomy is a surgery that involves cutting or tying uh, the vas deferens to stop sperm from entering the urethra um, and getting passed along to 
the female sex partner. Researchers in India have gotten fairly far in the development of a non-surgical vasectomy called RESUG, which stands for Reversible Inhibition of Sperm Under Guidance. The idea, discovered by biomedical engineer Sujoy Guha of the Indian Institute of Technology, involves injecting a polymer gel into the vas deferens to block sperm. So it is an injection um, rather than cutting or tying it. So it's non-surgical. It's an injection that goes into the vas deferens, which is that an injection in your dick? Or can they put it somewhere else? No, I think it would be... To get to the vas deferens, it would be more in, like, this area up here. The upper... Like, above the, the fupa Pelvic area. situation. The fupa area. Um, so, this looks very promising because it has a 98% effectiveness at preventing pregnancy, and it's just an injection. So, it has about the same effectiveness as condoms, but for men who constantly are like, I don't like condoms, I can't feel it, whatever, um, <laughs> this is a good option for them. Yeah. But it won't hit the U.S. market anytime soon. A Berkeley, California-based nonprofit called uh, Parsemus Foundation has licensed the Resig technology here, but it seems like it's going to take um, probably another decade before that's actively well, available. To call back to the beginning of the episode, I found the film I was talking about, the the female kind of contraceptive film. Uh-huh. It's just called VCF, Vaginal Contraceptive Film. It's a two-inch square that looks similar to a breath-freshening strip. It's soluble. Oh, so it's tiny. It's super tiny. Okay. And it it's like a it's like putting a Listerine strip in your tongue. It dissolves. So you okay, but it's how got do you get it? How do you it. get it all the way up there? You finger it. Just, just kind of shove it in. Pretty much. Okay, and great. <laughs> and um, it starts to pretty much immediately dissolve, and it's good for the next three hours. It's it contains spermicides, and it helps kill any sperm that comes in. Okay, so on the subject of spermicides, just so that we have kind of an idea. Spermicides are made with sperm-killing chemicals, and they prevent pregnancy 82% of the time when used correctly. So 18 out of 100 women will get pregnant each year if they use spermicide as directed. So it's placed inside the vagina shortly before sex. Spermicides block the cervix and keep sperm from joining the egg. So, I mean, that is a pretty good option if you're looking for... It can be complicated to get in at least it was for me to me it just makes me paranoid oh i would like stick to like the fingers and then you'd be like fuck no stay get in there get in there yeah to me it just makes me paranoid anytime it's like i don't know really anytime there's sperm in there i'm paranoid about pregnancy (laughs) just to be like for real yeah i'm like what if it's the one percent chance you always hear about people who are like yeah i was on birth control when i got pregnant with little bobby and you're like fuck well which is why it's good that if abortion is an option for you for that to also be in the discussion if it's really depending on what your beliefs are and what you feel comfortable with and what makes most sense for your life yeah that's why it's good to at least have that discussion and to be knowledgeable about abortions and not yeah. just judge them. So I'm just gonna run through. See, since I know, I know we t- warned you it was there. gonna it was gonna be a long episode, but um, I do just kind of want to have a brief overview of the types uh-huh. of birth control because we talked a lot about the pill and IUDs and things that we're very familiar with. Yep. But um, birth control also does encapsulate other things. It so does. Um, there is permanent birth control, which is a vasectomy or having your tubes tied, essentially. And then there is the implant, 
which we've also uh, discussed. An implant is effective 99% of the time. The one in the arm freaks me the It freaks me out so out. bad. I don't you like seeing it. see it. I don't like seeing it. Nope, not a fan. Um, but it does prevent pregnancy 99% of the time. Less than one out of 100 women a year will become pregnant when yep. they have an implant. It lasts for three years and releases the hormone progesterone to stop the ovaries from releasing eggs. Then there is the shot, which we touched briefly on, which is very perfect. Uh, a very I would love to use that, but I'm scared that if I use it and have negative side effects, that it's gonna be st- it's gonna stay in my system. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I can't just stop it. Yes, and I I think that's a valid concern. And again, I know that this is very it's it's mostly vanity, really. But like, yeah. everyone I know who's gone on the shot has gained. My friend gained. Almost thirty pounds. Wow! Yeah, which that's is quite a, a lot. It's amount. quite a lot. Um, so I mean, that's not everybody. That won't be everybody's experience. But right. I do know that that is a very common side effect of going uh-huh. on the depot shot. But it does prevent pregnancy ninety nine percent of the time, just like an implant. So that's also fantastic if that's an option for you. If you can't remember to take the pill every day, if you don't like the, having the idea of an implant or something like that in your arm, that's yeah. a good option for you. The vaginal ring, which we discussed, also prevents pregnancy 99% of the time when used correctly. Yep. The patch. Have you ever known anyone to use a patch? Nope. I was reading about it yesterday a little bit, though. And it's the same. And most of these are about 99% It doesn't come off in the shower if you soak in a tub? It says it can be applied anywhere. It's like a sticker. It can be applied anywhere on the skin except the breasts. Darn it. But it doesn't say... I mean, I'm guessing it just doesn't come off. No. Well, then how do you get it off? go to the... No, you have to change it like every three days. That's oh. what I read. Well, I don't know. I don't know. All right, I'll learn I'm more sure about I'm sure there are that. good instructions on like yeah. how to do it. The pill, which we've talked a lot about, again, the pill is 99% effective, but it is 99% effective when you take it correctly. Yep. Like, the way that you were supposed to take it, which was not the way that I took it all the time, because life, yep. is you should take it at the same time every single day. Yep. And when I was on progesterone, they were like, you you have about a three-hour window. Yeah. And if I took it outside of that three-hour window, I would spot or whatever. Yeah. Condoms, which is a non-hormonal form if you're against hormonal birth control. It has about a 98% effectiveness uh, when used correctly. I think we're all pretty well-versed in condoms. Yep. But they also protect against a lot of STDs, which birth control will not protect you against, like a birth control pill. Emergency contraception, which we touched on, like morning-after pills, Plan B. Spermicide has about an 82% effectiveness. Family planning, so basically the tracking your cycle, doing that method that we discussed earlier, where you basically, how it works is a woman tracks her monthly cycle from her period through ovulation to determine when she is most and least likely to get pregnant. And basically you would have sex on those days when you're yep. least likely to get pregnant. When it's you used... Just hope for the best. Yeah. And I mean, and when it's used correctly, it is, it prevents pregnancy 76% of the time. So that's pretty good. But again, that sounds like, I mean, like I said, I couldn't even I be bothered to take my birth control at the exact same time every right, day. I, right. I can't like do that. The withdrawal or pull-out method does have a 73% effectiveness at at preventing pregnancy, which is not bad, but still 27 out of every 100 women will become pregnant from the pull-out method per year. One of my friends in high school, that's what they did, and she got pregnant at 19. So, just letting you know. (laughs) Um, So, those are the, the... 
birth control methods that are on the Planned Parenthood website. So, oh, I gotta pee so bad again at the end of every episode. I'm like dying. Yeah, sorry, we just rattle on. It's all good. Um, my fault for drinking so many liquids. <laughs> so. I know that this is kind of like a long episode, but we do hope that you got a little bit of knowledge out of it. We did. I did, for yeah, sure. Totally. Like, I definitely learned some new things. Let and us know, like, your experiences, too, or yeah. if you totally got something wrong, or if totally. there's something that you want to share. Are you a doctor? Tell us all the shit we got wrong. Yeah, from, exactly. I'm exactly. sure it was a lot of stuff. But in general, just as a general note, birth control is wonderful. I... I fully anticipate getting back on it. It has been good for me. But if you are looking into going on birth control and you have never gone on birth control before, Get just information. be very aware of yeah. the risks. Don't just listen to this episode. Like, go to a doctor. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't be like, Keegan said progesterone works awesome. I'm going to do that. Like, it might not work for you. Like, every yeah. body is different. So definitely take that into consideration. Do your research. Talk to a doctor. As with anything else. Yeah. But. Yeah. And with that, guys, we encourage you to rage on. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.